Some viewers may find the following video disturbing. Viewer discretion is advised. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of the Mac Movie Reviews Podcast. I'm your host, Matt, joining here once again by my co-host, Christian Celeberto, also known as Miss Flamingo. Say hello, folks at home, Christian. Hello, everybody. It's time for another episode. Let's do this. <laughs> so we are joined here by a special guest. This We have been promoting her like crazy, but we keep pushing it back because life happens. So please join us for our guest. Across the quote unquote across the pond reviews with Jules. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. (laughs) Uh, It's it's a pleasure. It's awesome that you can join us here. I know it's like late over where you are. Yeah, it's uh, past my bedtime, but I'll stay up for you guys because I love you. Yeah. So uh, tell us a little bit about yourself to those who may not know who you are. So, I'm um, Jules, and I am a recent, as of 2020, um, TV graduate, so I studied TV at uni, and then when it was lockdown, I just thought, oh, well, you know, I'm watching so much TV as a student, I might as well start, like, you know, recommending stuff for people, so I created the account, and um, yeah, since then, I've just had so much love, Um, I've expanded into to starting to give people some filmmaking tips and advice, you know, trying to um, make it look like I had at least learned something whilst I was at uni. Um, (laughs) But yeah, that's basically me. Oh, nice, nice. So you're on Instagram and YouTube, right? I am indeed at Reviews with Jules. On Instagram and YouTube, right? Yeah, correct, Monday. And what do you post on there? What's your content? Do you focus on TV, movies, or do you do a mixture? Um, I try to do a mixture, but I watch so much more TV than I do films. But if there is sort of a new film that does come out, I try to um, keep up to date and watch it. And um, it's good to see all the other sort of movie review accounts out there so i do get a lot of uh, movie recommendations but i have to say that uh, controversially my love is for tv <laughs> what has well, been a- your uh let's see your favorite show that you've seen this so far this year and actually yeah. that you wrote about you know either for your blog for the blog because i know you also have your website too where you also do your recaps and then you also have the youtube channel and by the way, you guys should go subscribe. Link and, in the description. Uh, so what has been your favorite show that our audience should check out from you? What review? Oh, my goodness. I literally, because it's been quarantine, I've literally been glued to my television screen, as I'm sure most people have. Um, yeah, you and me both. And, um, yeah. <laughs> not to worry. It's all good. Um, I would probably have to say I I did really enjoy... Uh, Never Have I Ever, 
I did really enjoy that on Netflix. Oh, okay. That's the Mindy Kaling show, correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I actually didn't know it was coming out, and I saw it. Um, I think basically because um, for my final graduation film, um, so in your third year, you do like a a 10-minute film. Mm -hmm. Mine was sort of basically a similar in a similar vein um but there was um it was if you took um never have i ever but made it british and a bit more edgy that was my third year film so it it was kind of nice to see a sort of flowers and rainbows version of it um i mean there was I really did like um the Spanish princess although that was that did come out last year but I watched it this year and um that's on stars um I really like stuff based on like real people um but yeah I I mean I did watch the Umbrella Academy um Mm -hmm. number two very very popularly it has I definitely think it was way much better like than the first series. I didn't really like the first series, so I wasn't going to watch the second, but I'm quite happy mm-hmm. that I did. Um, so, yeah, so sort of those two. I would say Hannah, but I didn't really like season two as much as season one. I remember so. you recommending that too, because uh, Hannah and I also like talk every once in a while, and I remember you actually recommending it to me. I, it's on my watch list. I still have to watch it. It's definitely good. I, I think it's just because the first one's based on the film and the second one they've kind of made up. So I think there's a little bit more freedom, but there's also not as much um, solid storyline. It kind of flits in and out. But one of the top series I really do recommend people to watch is I May Destroy You. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. It's on, it's on HBO Max, I think it yeah. is. Yeah, it's so good. Like, it's so good. But I've I've literally followed her since she was a, a little wee actor. Um, <laughs> and, yeah, I mean, Chewing Gum Dreams is now uh, what is called Chewing Gum. Her play's called Chewing Gum Dreams. But that's on um, Netflix as well. But she's just she's just outstanding. I, I love Michaela Cole. So I definitely would recommend that, too. Uh, well, all of Jules's uh, her social media will be posted in the links below, so you can go check her out on YouTube and Instagram and her own personal website. She posts some great content, and it's definitely worth checking out. So on today's show, we're going to be giving you guys the highly anticipated Tim Burton um, podcast. We we really wanted to do this one. That's why this podcast kept getting pushed back to recording. We're <laughs> recording it like two days after we were supposed to record it, but... This is it's finally happening. So we're gonna talk about some of our favorite Tim Burton films and some of the ones we don't like the most. And then in, if we have time, we're gonna do uh, news and some films we're looking forward to. So are you guys ready to get started? Absolutely. Yeah, let's do it. So the news. So starting off with the news today, Christian has some breaking news. It's not so much breaking news. With Nicolas Cage. Well, it's Nicolas Cage news, so it's breaking to me, damn it. What's the news? <laughs> okay. 
So I came across this article and, uh, you know, some uh, The Mandalorian, right? Uh, well, Pedro Pascal is in talks to join Nicolas Cage and the unbearable weight of mass, massive talent. So if you guys don't know that movie, it's the movie where uh, Nicolas Cage is playing like himself in this action comedy. And there's a man who pays a million dollars to meet Nicolas Cage. And that fan is going to be played by Pedro Pascal. Which I think is a very interesting casting choice. Yeah. That sounds like a fanatic 2.0. Yeah, because I I was reading the exclusive from the rabbi. I heard about this yesterday, and I was like, what? Because, you know... I was like, I'm because first of all, I'm excited for this film. You know, when Nicolas Cage playing Nicolas Cage is something, you know, yeah. you know, God, you know, gave to us. But, uh, you know, yeah, except knowing the fact that Nicolas Cage just accepts a million dollars just to appear, you know, at Pedro Pascal's house is like, mm-hmm. yeah, I'll do it. I think this is going to be a fun film. I think knowing the two of them, I think it's going to be really interesting. So I guess another news, and so I know all three of us have probably watched it. Have you guys seen the new trailer for the Batman movie? Yes. Yes. What do you guys think of that trailer? Because that trailer was bad ass. The hell are you supposed to be? I'm vengeance. Uh, I posted to my stories. I thought it was completely effing ep- epic. I loved, loved it. I lost my barbels. I don't need anything else. I don't need another trailer. Just give me the release date, and I will be at the theater once they open. Oh wow! Um, I wasn't as wowed by it as I think everybody else is. No, that's cool. Oh, we like different well, yeah, opinions. That, it's okay. Yeah. Give, give me your reasons. Well, I think first off, because I spoke about this briefly in the live, but I think just like got, I think as, so, as soon as I saw Robert Patterson's face, I was very confused because I, to be honest, I don't, I didn't like Ben Affleck's Batman. Okay. But I just long for Christian Bale. <laughs> I think it's hard to I go just, past that Christian Bale phase because we, we all know so how great good. that was. Yeah. You know, it's like one of those memorable performance of, performances like how Michael Keaton did his Batman and, you know, like what we spoke about earlier. You know, it's, you know, hard to go past that we're going to have a new Batman. Yeah. Yeah. I think as well that because um, some people recommended – Good times, I think it is, and the Good lighthouse. Times. Highly recommend and that. The lighthouse, yeah, the lighthouse. Lighthouse is great. Yeah. Water for elephants, enjoy that too. Even though it came out during his twilight phase, showed his potential there. Yeah, because I think that's what something I was gonna say is that I haven't, I haven't really seen um, a lot of films that he's starred in um, past Twilight. Oh. Yeah. So I feel like I'm I am a little bit stuck on the sort of idea of of him sucking people's blood as Batman. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's what a lot of people are stuck at that fan of because yeah. that's what Matt Reeves said on you know the Q and A if anybody watched it the other day and uh, he said that people 
you know, are going to just see him, currently see him as right now as like that Batman type. And when Matt Reeves saw, you know, him in Lost City of Z, that's when he knew that uh, there's something Batman. special that, you know, in Robert Pattinson. So uh, yeah. that's a film I think, I think at least Matt Reeves recommends everybody to check out. And then, you know, he did say The Lighthouse was also good, I think, from what I remember. I'm trying to think back what films he, he might have mentioned. But, you know, I, I'm i happy to see Robert Pattinson is expanding yeah. with his yeah. career. He's taking that big step to becoming, like, now to be, like, the household name. Because this, he is. This, like, that trailer that came up. Because, like, it got leaked on Twitter. And then it got le- it got posted on YouTube a few hours later. And I was just like, oh. <laughs> a friend I follow who does another podcast uh, posted about it and I said, what? There was a leaked trailer and I found yes. it and like, I was like, oh. This is going to be good. This is going to be good. This is going to be real good. And I like the villains. I like yeah. Zoe Kravitz. I like the fact that the way she's dressed is not like the over the top, you know, Catwoman of like, you know, at least how I really like Michelle Pfeiffer in, you know, Batman Returns. Yeah. This one is going to be a totally different take on on Catwoman and I'm excited what they're going to do with her and this like, you know, edgy style beanie type, you know, of Catwoman. I feel like, um, so you know that shot at the end um, where Robert Patterson sort of like turns around uh, like where he's been Batman or he's got the head bit oh, off and he turns like around eyeliner. yeah I I don't know uh seeing that <laughs> for me I just felt like he just he seemed like such an emo child like That's a teenager he looks like he was like up about for, it I think it looks like he was up for a long night I think yeah. that's a good my chemical stuff. romance. Because I looked yeah. it up, and this is um this is based on Batman Year Two, so this is like his second year as Batman. Because this is a younger, yes. more like inexperienced, but still like he's like becoming the genesis of Batman in mm-hmm. another person's words. Right. But yeah, I can't wait for this movie. I can't wait. I'm so so excited. I'm looking forward to seeing Patterson's betrayal. I think that's what everybody's eyes are going to be glued to. Yeah. I think I've just got to move away from The Dark Knight. I just, that is a film that definitely changed me. I remember seeing it in the cinema and being so in awe of like Christian Bale and Heath Ledger's performance and just both of them also working together. It like just gives me, like, I love it. It just gives me chills. But I think just watching this, it didn't give me the vibes and who's who's gonna be um what michael kane was the butler oh, uh, the butler. uh we do not know yet or yeah well, that is, hasn't been confirmed yet yeah. all we, we know thought, are the villains and is colin farrell and zoe kravitz but we don't know who the um, alfred is ah uh. i wish i kind of knew they should have revealed that yeah. all we know is like jeffrey wright is um commissioner gordon yeah i like that me too. He's gonna I be think... in his own spinoff series on HBO Max too. Yeah, I, I now I got now now I'm thinking twice about that HBO Max. <laughs> Dang. Uh, so I guess other news is that another trailer that for another hype film has been released is that the Zack Snyder's Lee Zack Snyder's cut of Justice League trailer teaser trailer was released yesterday, and we I got know. our first 
look at Darkseid, and he looks like unfinished CGI. Yeah, no. Oh, 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 Nate, never mind. I actually know who Alfred is. Oh. Andy Serkis, the legend. Oh, yeah. I just, awesome. I wanted to look it back up, and I was like, wait, because I was like seeing myself, they did denounce this news, and they did. I forgot. Peter Sarsgaard's in this, John Totoro, Max Claver. Oh, the Cavar brothers from, oh, from Teen Wolf. Oh, I'm excited now. Oh, okay. Sorry, I got really excited. So, yeah, the Zack Snyder cut of Justice League's trailer was um, released yesterday. It's like two minutes and uh, 44 seconds, and it has the song, Hallelujah, Hallelujah, from like the Watchmen movie, if you've seen that movie you know that song and it is clearly shown from the trailer that it wasn't meant to like well it was meant to show what this movie was going to be and it was also announced that the movie's going to be a four-part miniseries instead of a yeah. four-hour long movie it was to clearly show that like that 2017 abomination that came out you're going to see none of that from in here this is completely different from this is Zack snyder's vision his 100 his film and i thought it looked good did you guys see the uh trailer for justice league of thousands of other super beings on the other planets he's destroyed, right? And we have to assume he's won. I don't care how many demons he's fought and how many hells. He's never fought us. Not us united. Yeah, um, I'm interested in it, given the fact I still haven't seen Justice League yet. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm on that late train for that. Uh, you know, people at this point have said, just don't watch it. I'm still interested. I think what I'm going to do is Watch the miniseries first once mm-hmm. I get, you know, the HBO Max and um, then watch Justice League and then, you know, decide which one is better. How about you, um, Jewel? I haven't. I, 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 I'm in the same boat as Christian. I have not seen it. But I feel <laughs> like it's because I, I am more of a Marvel fan than a DC fan. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I mean, yeah, I do like some of the DC films separately, but I think it's always because um, every time Justice League is men- mentioned, I feel like um, that it's it's very tainted. People are like, "Oh, it's crap," but like, yeah. like the old school ones, because I yeah. think that I saw that on Netflix or Amazon Prime that you could watch like the old one. Um, so I think I didn't have much hope to go, oh, well, I will go and watch the new one then, but then I, I didn't go and watch that either. <laughs> well, I guess another DC movie that we got our big news is that James Gunn's Suicide Squad, we now know with pretty much the main cast who everyone's playing. So you guys ready to know who's playing who? Yeah. And so just Mar- say we should just say each one and see if we're down for it, if that's Margot good casting. Ro- so Margot Robbie's coming back as Harley Quinn. Okay, we all know that. That's fine. Idris Elba will be playing uh, Bloodsport. He's replacing um, Will Smith's character, uh, Deadshot. I think that's a very good casting choice. Yes. And we got our boy, John Cena, the man you cannot see. He will be playing Peacemaker, who has been described as a douchey Captain America. I love that. (laughs) 
<laughs> uh, Joel Kinman's returning as uh, Rick Flag. Jai Courtney's coming back as uh, Captain Boomerang. Yeah. Peter Capaldi is um, Capaldi. Capaldi. Peter Capaldi. Capaldi. Yeah, okay. he's yeah. Doctor Who. He's yeah. the thinker. He's the thinker. That's I think that name. my friend exploded yesterday on Facebook. He's like, <laughs> "Yes, that's Peter Capaldi," because he's my friend's a big uh, uh, Doctor Who fan, and especially mm. Peter Capaldi. So. I wonder I was, if he'll still have his um, Scottish accent, though. He probably will. Watch he him. He's going to bring out the, uh, what is it, the TARDIS? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Alice Braga is uh, Sol Sorai, South American revolutionary and an ally of the new Suicide Squad. Pete Davidson as Blackguard. David Dashmain, I hope I pronounced that right, as Polka Dot Man. Michael Rooker as Savant. Nathan Fillion as... Uh, Floyd TDK, TDK Belkin, aka Arm Fall Off Boy. Yeah, I'm excited that's, about that one. That's funny. I know everyone likes um, Nathan Villian. Yeah, he's great. And then um, Viola Davis is coming back as Amanda Waller. And then we got Sean Gunn, James Gunn's baby brother, playing John Monroe, aka Weasel, a terrifying half rat, half man. <laughs> so he's playing another uh, Vermit character. Like I'm in interested. Galaxy. Okay, I have to ask, what is that giant shark thing? Because whatever it is, I'm down. The giant shark? Yeah, there's uh, like, yeah, there's like a giant shark thing that's it's seen in a trailer. He picks up and looks like he's gonna eat a man. I think that's killer shark, isn't it? I I don't remember, but I just want some answers. That's king uh, shark. That's king shark, played by okay. Steve Aggie. I was like, dang, I don't want to mess with Jaws. <laughs> like that's well, what, what I actually thought of. What do you guys think of this cast for Suicide Squad, the reboot, slash two? I like it. It's... Is, is Jared Leto in it? No, he's no. gone. He's erased from it. Then it will be better. Yes. Ten times better. Yeah. I, I'm really curious to see how Pete Davidson is going to be, because I saw Big Time Adolescence mm-hmm. uh, a while back ago. I thought he did pretty good, and I still am waiting to watch... Uh, the king of staten island so probably um, get killed off in like the first five minutes like slip uh, don't say that let's <laughs> give the some hope he'll bring the chops he'll bring the funny I, i'm curious why they decided to bring him on to be slipknot and, and get killed the first five minutes oh come on yes get the guys and chops i can't wait chops. for john cena's character that's who i want to see the most yeah because i've never seen him in like a movie this like this that's grandiose like this? Yeah, because, like, he's never really been in a rated R. Well, the only other rated R movies he's been in was, like, Sisters and Blockers. Blockers enough... stunk. Blockers was okay. No. <laughs> um, let's see what other news we have here. And Wonder oh, Woman. Oh, yeah. The new Wonder Woman trailer came out. Uh, there's a lot of trailers. Jesus Christ. Uh, <laughs> Wonder Woman. Uh, Jules, did you like the first Wonder Woman movie? I haven't seen it. What? You gotta it's watch that watch. Yeah. Like, okay, okay. That that's all right then because I've, I I I thought I heard mixed things, so I was like, mm, not not you know <laughs> big about it. But people have issues with the third act, but I kind of like you know push that aside because the Wonder Woman is a good time watch. Because I think uh, yeah, I don't, I did watch a trailer of something. I can't remember what it was. It might have been the first Justice League, <clears throat> but I think there's a bit more about like the backstory of the character and stuff. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, I think that I would find quite interesting. Um, and I, I quite like the actress. Oh, Gal Gadot? Yeah. But the trailer came out yesterday. We got our first look at Christian Wink as Cheetah, and I'm not going to lie. She looks like a nightmare straight out of Cats. I'm not digging the CGI so far. They need to fix that. Yeah, because she has like a tail or something, right? Yeah. I still like the 1984 vibes, but mm-hmm. like I like her right before she turns into the cheetah thing because I kind of thought the same thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, like she looked sick as, you know, when she was in that room where it's, I don't know if you guys seen it in the trailer, Wonder Woman was using her uh, truth lasso. Yeah. And, uh, she was using that, and then all of a sudden she takes down all the bad guys, and all of a sudden uh, Cheetah walks in with this really cool leather jacket that I really, really like and kind of want to steal. But, uh, but uh, yeah, I kind of liked that. Like, I thought that was going to be the interpretation, but then when she comes out, I said, oh, boy, here we go. Did you see, um, speaking of cats, Jules, did you watch Cats, and were you horrified like us? Um, I was told if I did watch it, um, I would never be spoken to again, so... Oh, no. <laughs> oh my god! I, I... Yeah. We'll still speak to you if you watch it. Yeah, oh. you're welcome here. <laughs> Holy crap. We have a lot for bad movies here. Yeah. Have you ever seen Zombiva? <gasps> yes! Oh, wow. That's on, that's on par with, um, Sharknado. Yeah. It's it's, it's something else. Up. It's something else. I love the fact that John Mayer makes an appearance in it. I thought that was really funny. <laughs> yeah. Not Thanksgiving though. You ever watched Thanksgiving? No. Oh that one God. I haven't yet to see yet. <laughs> Thanksgiving is the greatest movie of all time. It's about a killer turkey and he drops one liners. He's <sighs> like bust through a guy's stomach, he's like, Now that's what I call foul play. <laughs> oh, exactly. Uh another interesting piece of dc there's a lot of dc news well it's dc fandom what do you expect is that a show that i grew up with you guys ever heard of static shock yes they announced that a static shock movie is in the production in production they're gonna make a static shock movie dreams can come true guys who would you want to play static shock i've always thought about this and i've always thought maybe like a michael b jordan it was like back in the day when he was younger but now he's a little older so that's a no-no but they need like someone younger and like a little unknown kind of like maybe like you know what john boyega that's who i was thinking jules are you familiar with static shock um, I mean, I haven't read the comics, but um, yeah, I know, I know sort of what it looks like, and I guess he's 
create static shocks. <laughs> Who would you want to be in uh, play static in a static shock movie? Who's the guy that played Get Out? Oh, oh Daniel Kalula. Yeah. I think he'd be quite good because I see what you mean about John Boyega, but I do, I don't know. Like, I think um, yeah, Daniel would be. I I can see that. That's not a bad idea. Him or Lakeith Stanfield. Ooh. Uh, anyone got any other news before we wrap it up? I think um... the biggest news that I saw today was the Batman thing. Yeah. <laughs> the, Batman. the Batman. And Ben Affleck awesome. is coming back. Oh yeah, forgot about that. Yeah, I did see that, and I was just kind of like, "Why?" Actually, that's confusing because that's never happened in in these like a Batman film before, is it? No, actually, no, not I really. Think no. It's gonna be interesting because I feel like it's just going to be a cameo. That's what all I believe it's going to be. Because Ben Affleck's coming back in the Ezra Miller Flash movie, which is supposed whenever that's coming out in 2022 or 2025. Who the hell knows at this point? That movie's been pushed back so many times. But yeah, and him and Michael Keaton are going to be in the same movie because Michael Keaton's back as Batman too. Yeah, which is cool. Yeah, but Jules, you said you didn't like Ben Affleck's Batman. No, Why? I don't really like Ben Affleck to be oh, honest. Wait. Wow. <laughs> I just think he's quite boring. Oh. I like All Ben right. Affleck, but I thought he was fine as Batman. But uh, yeah, I just I don't think he's as memorable as like you know the previous. I think. Nolan's Christian Bale's Batman or Michael Keaton's Batman. I don't think they're as he's memorable as that. Yeah, 100%. I have got one or two bits of news. I mean, the thing is, it's just, it's all mostly movies and um, what you call it, um, comics. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I saw that Warrior Nun has apparently been. Um, yeah, it's been renewed for a second season. For a second season. Yeah, I mean, they kind of had to really because I mean the way it ended was like just it really was annoying but I was like okay I can see why they've done that um it was one of the most popular shows this this entire summer it was like uh Forbes actually listed it as like you know one of their top three uh original programs watched on Netflix in July but just in terms of popularity not in terms of it was actually good not in terms of it is actually good, but in popularity. So it did get its audience, and uh, hmm. well, popularity-wise, I was I was surprised. I to me, it I it just looked okay. I mean, what were your thoughts on it? Because I remember, I think, did you do a video on it? I don't remember. I've recorded one. I think I don't think I've edited it yet. But... I remember you <laughs> watching it. I believe. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I really just felt like it was if if Hannah, because it came out at a similar time, if Hannah was nuns instead of trainees, it would have been pretty much very, very similar. But um, I mean, the girl um, Alba Baptista, I think her name is, the the girl who plays like the lead, she really looks like a young Natalie Portman, which I was just like, I love that because I just I love Natalie Portman, and yeah, I don't know, I. I definitely agree with some other people that they played on the TV, the TV, the teenage angst, like, so much at the beginning. But then also that kind of, because this, the whole first series was more like building up her character, making you understand what, like, the whole nun thing was. And then obviously where season one ended has just left it open. So I'm very intrigued to see how season two progresses. Um, But... 
yeah, I thought I thought it was okay, but I wouldn't have said like it would have been the top thing that I've watched at least during lockdown. Mm-hmm. So yeah. yeah, I haven't seen it. I mean, it's good. I just I I can't. I I just imagine somebody going into like a commissioner's office, just going, okay, close your eyes, picture teenage fighting nuns. And I just yeah. think it's so bizarre. Like somebody just went, do you know what? We've never done something on nuns. Let's do it. But I just thought it was just so. Yeah, it was just one of those things where I saw it. It was just like warrior nun, and I thought this has got to be a joke, like like a really <laughs> crap, crap sort of film, like Zombievers. I was like warrior nun, like right, it's the same thing. And then I watched the episode episode one. And I thought, oh, but it was one of those series that um, there wasn't really many like cliffhangers, so I didn't feel completely. Um, like needed to urgently watch the next episode or anything like that so yeah but there were some really good scenes in it and I do I, I really liked um Baptista's performance I thought she was actually probably like the standout performance in it really she's that sounds like a spin-off of Sucker Punch that like 2011 movie directed by Zack Snyder like yeah Warrior yeah <laughs> yeah then... I wasn't a big fan of Sucker Punch <laughs> my sister is like we should we should bring my sister on to talk about sucker punch she loves sucker uh, punch honestly we do a sucker punch pocket that movie was garbanzo that's, <laughs> that's macgyver for garbage oh no that's <laughs> a conversation had... for you and my sister but what's your other news jewel yeah um there's a couple of sequels announced shazam and aquaman oh yeah, yeah. But, I mean, I actually strangely like Shazam. Shazam is one of my favorites. Shazam's awesome. I was actually, like, taken back because I think we saw the advert or we saw, like, the poster for it and we thought, oh, this is just, like, taking the piss out of, like, comics. (laughs) And so we watched it and we were actually like, oh, this is... And also a film, well, it's not similar, but, like, um, have you ever seen Angry Birds the movie? Yes. Yeah. I was really also really pleasantly surprised by that. It's just like a couple of these films where you think, I'm just going to sit and watch it because it'll be one of those ones where you want to watch something, but you can't be bothered to search for like loads of stuff. And you just want to watch something where you don't have to think about it. You can just like enjoy watching it on like a Sunday evening. Mm. And both of these, you then go, oh, actually, I... I actually really enjoyed that film. That was quite good, actually. So it's one of those sort of films. Yeah, totally agree. So I'm quite good. Like, I'm quite happy they got a sequel. But I'm, I don't actually know what the whole thing with the Aquaman will... Because obviously Amber Heard's in that. So obviously if, if they can't do Beetlejuice, if there's going to be Johnny Depp, how are they going to have Amanda Heard in it? Probably going to kill her off or something. <laughs> she gets or eaten by a shark or dolphins oh. just take her away. That would be funny. Oh, I it's... have one other piece of news after Jules finish. I was just gonna say they said it's supposed to be more serious, but I kind of feel like the the sort of tone of a lot of these like comic films are sort of like tongue in cheek. Mm-hmm. So I don't know why they feel it needs to be more serious. I think they'll still keep they'll have a serious tone, but still make it have the. Uh... Like you said, the ton in cheek of what and the fun of what is Aquaman. Yeah. Because Aquaman is just a fun movie. It's nothing like really special. I mean, there's some good aspects in it. It's an enjoyable film. 
it's nowhere as good as Shazam, at least in my opinion. But uh, I could see where James Wan does want to take a serious tone to it. Mm. I, I quite like Aquaman, actually. I think it's just because I like... Um, Jason Momoa? Joe. Yeah, Jason. So his name is Joe. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I don't care he's what his awesome. name is. I just like looking at him. Yeah, he's a handsome fellow. <laughs> he, he sure is. He is a big man, but I am a bigger man. <laughs> it's thundering then, outside. It scared the crap out of me when we were recording. I think I heard something. Yeah, that that was the thunder from my window. Lightning and the thunder. Something, Jesus. What's the news you got? Um, I'm not sure because I would love to hear Jules' thoughts on this, but you know we got that Tenet coming out, and uh, Travis Scott's Ugh. got that song called "The Plan" in the film, and I'm on the fence about it. I like it, and I don't like it. And it's like, I want to hate it, but I'm like, why do I like it? <laughs> it doesn't. It feels so left out field. Like, I cannot picture Christopher Nolan hiring Travis Scott. I think his kids had a voice in it. They're like, Dad, can we get Travis Scott to be in your film? He's like, okay. Because <laughs> I just looked at it now because I wanted to to make sure if this was Travis Scott's song and Travis Scott did post a picture of him and Nolan together so this mm. is an actual thing <laughs> I mean I've seen that um, I th- it's a British newspaper but it's a uh, one called The Guardian mm-hmm. um, yeah. yes. it's, it's given it two stars Jeez, yes. is, that, is that bad? yeah Oh, I don't like... care. I'm still going to see. I'm going to the drive-in at this point. I'm not going to a theater to see it. I mean, how are you going to see it, Jules? And how are you going to see it, Mac? Probably in theaters, though. When at least they open up by you? Like, how is it by the quarantine by you at this point? They've opened some of them back, but it's just like the nearest one is like a state over because AMC, they opened their theaters back up, remember? Yes. The 50 cents and everything. Yeah. Yeah, 20 cents. Yes. It's just like the thing with Tenet, it's like they, I I feel like the reason why it's getting so many like mixed reviews and everything is because it was like so like, this is the movie that's going to save the cinemas from the the brink of death. And it's like, oh, well, it's an okay Nolan film. Yeah. Jules, how do you, how's that by you across the pond with the coronavirus and now seeing Tenet? Um, so it's it's uh, confusing, I guess. Um, yeah, I mean, I I have many qualms with um, our government, just the way that they've dealt dealt with a lot of things. So, I mean, to be honest, there's there's people going. You don't have to wear a mask in cinemas, and there's other people saying that you do, and the rules just keep changing all the time. So, in terms of how you know um, coronavirus is going around here, I absolutely have no idea because it keeps changing day by day. Um, but it, I, it is it is in cinemas um, here, but I just don't know how I feel about going and sitting through a two and a half hour film in a stuffy cinema with a mask on i don't know because I, yeah. I, I i went to the shops the other day and i had to put the mask on and i think i was in there for about an hour and i was just like no i can't i'm gonna have to go outside for a bit just to breathe i just mm-hmm. yeah. yeah i'm i'm not i'm not a fan of the masks but obviously i know that they're vital so obviously i mean i 
I've really wanted to go to a drive-in cinema and I booked tickets to go and see the Joker film. Yes, I remember. And then they were like, we've cancelled it. And I was like, oh no, because I was so looking forward to it. But um, I, I just feel like a film like Tenant, the sound and the whole idea of like surround sound and really hearing it in a cinema setting, I feel like you won't get that if you go through a drive-in cinema. Mm. The mm-hmm. sound quality will really kind of make or break the film, but I'm I'm interested to see it. I just haven't decided um, how <laughs> yet. <laughs> I decided that the only way I'm going to see this, because given the fact that I'm in one of the states where, you know, uh, the theaters are not opened here. And, you know, I apply. I mean, I admire that. At least they're still, you know, trying to figure out avoiding big crowds and all that stuff. The drive-in is best where it's at if given the fact that, you know, the drive-ins are making money. And from that, a lot of the independent films are. And mm-hmm. if Tenant wants to take the release and show it in the drive-ins, then I'll pay it. I'll just turn the speakers up in my car really loud. <laughs> I will just sit as close, park the car close to the screen. And in fact, I think that's what I'm doing for it because, yeah, it's the only way I want to see it and avoid a lot of spoilers. I mean, did I want the cinematic, cinematic experience <laughs> of going to see an IMAX, that 70 millimeter format? Yes, but given times now, and since Nolan is being still being a baby about it and making it release now, then I'll see it the way that I can and, you know, just avoid, you know, sick people. Yeah. So, uh, hopefully yeah. we can just think back and maybe push back Wonder Woman. I'm hoping still, if I things like are this. still not out, you know. I feel like it's going to get pushed back. I mean, I wouldn't what? mind that. I mean, do you know when um, A Quiet Place 2 is supposed to be coming out? Yeah, Next so, year. But, like, yeah, is there a date? Not yet. I don't uh, think. It's indefinitely. I'm happy about that, because that, that would actually be a pretty good movie to see a drive at the drive-in. That'd be horrifying. Just, yeah, that's like, my drive. My drive-in is, like, right next to the woods, so I don't want anything to just come down <laughs> rushing my car. That's where mine is. That's where the one I, at least I went to to go see Palm Springs. That's where it was. And there was, like... Uh, you know, they were showing uh, Palm Springs, and then they showed Black Panther right after that. It was such a weird combination. Mm-hmm. But uh, the screen next to uh, next to us was showing... Uh, Quiet Place? No, uh, The Relic, I think, and mm-hmm. the new IFC horror film, The Relic. It's mm-hmm. like some film, and then they showed The Invisible Woman. And my boyfriend didn't see The Invisible Woman, and uh, like given the fact that, like, I find Black Panther just okay. He's like, oh, I haven't seen The Invisible Woman. And I said, okay, let's just watch that one. So literally just took our chairs, just no. placed him 50, you know, six feet away from another car. And this car had like the sound of it blasting, you know, and my sister and her boyfriend watched, uh, you know, Black Panther. So, <laughs> you know, Invisible Woman was kind of cool to see outside. I will admit that. Nice. Nice. So if that... That's all we got left. That's all we have for the news. If you have any news for us, you can always just send it to us at Miss Filmingo or at Mac Movie Reviews on Instagram or leave them down in the comments below if you have any news that we can be interested in covering on the show. So without further ado, let's get into the topic, which is Tim Burton. Hello? And I'm calling. The director of Batman and Beetlejuice. Those are your hands. 
would like you to meet... I think you should just come home with me. ...his latest creation. Whoa! Look at my handshake you got there, Ed. <laughs> Can I bring the show and tell on Monday? Edward Scissorhands, The Incredible Tale of a Most Unusual Character. Rated PG-13. Select engagements start December 7th. Opens December 14th everywhere. Okay, so um, Tim Burton, he is a director who has brought us many different films throughout the generation. And I want to ask you guys, before we get deeper into the topic, what are your guys' like, experiences with Tim Burton films? I'll let Jules uh, go first since she's our guest. So yes. Oh my goodness, so kind. <laughs> <laughs> um, my experience with Tim Burton films. Well, um, I think I I remember watching Sleepy um, Hollow, mm-hmm. um, like long, 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 long time ago, and um, that's not really like his quirkiest um, film, but that was definitely a film that always stuck in my head kind of ironically um and yeah I don't know I just feel like he's very quirky and I really kind of like he's he's very unique and I think um because his partner is um Helen Bonham Carter I yeah think... they were together for a little bit then they got divorced I think like in 2014 I believe oh my goodness I thought they were still together uh-huh. No. It's Hollywood. Aww. No one can ever last that long. Oh my I literally thought they were still together. That's literally news to my <laughs> gosh, I'm so out of touch. Um but yeah, I, I love her and obviously she appears in a few of his films and yeah, I mean they're even like strange in real life and I just feel like that is just them as a as, like them as people so I just find that when you watch their films you really step into their head and like their whole universe it's just fascinating what about you guys uh for me over the years I have had had a love and hate not so much hate <laughs> but more of a complicated relationship with Tim Burton this makes it sound like I'm in a relationship with him the way I'm saying it but no um I haven't like l- really liked a lot of his films like growing up i tended to stay away from a lot of them like i mm-hmm. couldn't really watch like beetlejuice or the corpse bride or like anything that he did uh that uh you know that looked remotely scary like i tend to stay away from like even like beetlejuice i couldn't even watch that like to this day i still can't even watch beetlejuice because it just Sends me like all these chills and like I just makes me feel uncomfortable and I can't even watch it. But there are Tim Burton films that I love that I'm going to mention that I do agree where, you know, he excels as a filmmaker and, you know, he has missed the mark. I would say a few more times than, you know, I, would have, <laughs> I have to say a love. I could think of more movies I dislike from him as more movies that I love by him. Yeah. So, but I like the fact that when he like you know creates these films he tends to pick uh you know characters who are mostly like outsiders and outcasts and i find that you know you know it's so stereotypical i mean like films that like you know i'm gonna mention you know excel with that kind of outside character so uh but that's my you know views on him do i think he tends to be a little larger than life and a little bit uh you know I think, like, what's the word? I can't think of it. 
Oh gosh, I'm blanking on it. But I guess it's like more people love him than, you know, he should be loved for. Like, if that makes sense. Like, you know, I, I can't even think of the word. It's going to eh at me at the moment. But uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I, for me, I think his last good film was Batman Returns in 1992. Everything else has been downhill. I can kind of agree to that. So, oh my goodness. So, that's. Oh, actually, no. no. Never mind. There's been there. He's had some good films since then. Yeah, I would have to say more good films. I would have to say maybe past 2005. Yeah. Then other than that, I think over the last few years he's gone like downhill. Yeah. So yeah, um, I can agree to that. That one. Yeah. So today we're gonna talk on this episode. We're gonna talk about Tim Burton and his films that we've watched and we've enjoyed as kids and maybe even been terrified as kids. So I guess we should probably start off with, like, you guys want to start off with, like, the films we like or the films we dislike? I think it's honorable to say the ones that we like first and then go into the, you know, okay, the stuff so, you kind of want to kick to the side. <laughs> so how about, so guests go first. So Jules, how about you, you want to say your Tim Burton movies you like? Yeah, um, so, I mean, I watched Beetlejuice, like, recently, just because I saw it was on Netflix, I don't know, it was on, it was on one of those streaming services, and, mm-hmm. like, I'm the same, like, I, I definitely stayed away from it because I thought it was scary, like, I think I, I remember seeing, like, bits of it thinking, oh, no, I can't watch that when I was, like, younger, and I thought, exactly, oh. like, yeah. he and character, like, I, they used to, I'm not sure if you have it overseas, but Freeform, or ABC yeah. Family. Do you have that? I don't know. I don't think so. Like, it doesn't it's sound... It's like an ABC, like, ABC network. channel. Like, like Disney Mickey Mouse channel. But for, like, oh. teens. And yeah. more I don't, I don't think so. They play oh, Pretty they... Little Liars. <laughs> yeah, that's where they aired Pretty Little Liars oh. here. Yeah, and no. No, I don't have that. I remember they used to play Beetlejuice every Halloween. Yeah. So, really? mm-hmm. Yeah. I could never watch it. And to this day, I still feel like I can't watch it. From the director of Pee-wee's Big Adventure. When two ghosts can't talk the living into leaving their house. What's the good of being a ghost if you can't frighten people away? They call the ghost... Beetlejuice! ...with the most. Can you be scary? What do you think of this? This is amazing. Michael Keaton... ...is a ghost called Beetlejuice. I'm the ghost with the most, babe. Rated PG. Sneak preview Saturday, March 26th. Do you know what, though? I did think it was it was going to be scary. And then when I watched it, I actually found it really good. Like, I actually found it... It was actually probably one of, in my top five, um, favourite Tim Burton films. Um... I, I kind of found um, the main guy, I can't remember his name now, but I kind of found him, like, a little bit too irritating. Um, and oh, it Michael really, Keaton's character? Yeah. Yeah. But I, I kind of, it really annoyed me that it was called, like, Beetlegeist. And I was like, but it's called Beetlejuice. So why is it called Beetlegeist? And I was, like, really, like, angry that it wasn't called Beetlejuice. And I was just, yeah. But I thought the animation was, like, really strange but it's kind of a little bit like james and the giant peach because that's supposed to be a kids film right it's like a mm-hmm. disney film and yeah. i remember watching that on <laughs> i'm gonna show my age now but i remember watching that on cassette so oh god I don't... vhs tape oh my god <laughs> yeah i know so oh, like I watch on vhs 
<laughs> so classic. But I remember watching it on that, and I literally, it scared me. And like, because there was like this spider, and it was like a singing song. And I was just like, that is so like freaky for like kids. Yeah. I was like, that's so yeah. freaky. Um, but yeah, I think now I'm older, I can sort of hack it a little bit more. Um, but like, so many people that like sort of. So, uh, talking about um, the nightmare before Christmas. This Friday, Tim Burton's masterpiece is back. <laughs> In 3D, so real, it's scary. Walt Disney Pictures presents The Nightmare Before Christmas, rated PG. Only in Disney Digital 3D. Limited three-week engagement begins this Friday. I feel like that is a sort of film that a lot of people play at Halloween when it comes up to Halloween. Yeah. Like, I feel like as teenagers, anyone that was into like Bring Me the Horizon, You Me at Six, like all these sort of like, I want to say kind of, I don't, they, were, they weren't really heavy metal, but there was like some screamo bands in there and stuff. Like mm -hmm. just everyone that I knew that was kind of like that loved the nightmare before christmas and yeah. i just really didn't like it i saw people with like cushions of like jack's face and it was this really big thing and i just thought i i personally out of that and the corpse bride i mm -hmm. prefer the corpse bride 110 percent really? so much more over wow. tim Burton. i know i, I know it's but like i don't know well we lost people we lost yeah. people in the chats i'm sure if there's yeah because people be like, man, Corpse, Corpse Bride was like the lady in the water, and the Nightmare Before Christmas is the freaking Sixth Sense of Tim Burton movies. I, I don't know. I mean, that's just personal. I think I don't know. I just connected with the characters, like what you were saying about um, like having like misfit sort of characters. I really feel like Victor is that, but in in the Nightmare Before Christmas, like Jack isn't i don't know like he's not really a misfit because he's like the the pumpkin king and everyone loves him but i think mm -hmm. with victor he's just kind of this like lost soul and then obviously emily comes along and she really feels like you know i'm going to be loved and then it the the i remember watching it for the first time and then it it was like revealed that the guy I can't remember the character's name, but that the guy that comes along who's like really pompous, who tries to like win Victoria over, ends up being the person who killed Emily. Sorry, spoilers, by the way. Oh, <laughs> oh it's okay. Um, but yeah, I remember that being like such a shock and being like, oh, he killed Emily? Oh, what a dick, let's kill him. And yeah, I, I remember yeah. that. And I never really felt like that. I mean, with with Sally's character in a nightmare before Christmas, I did I could I did feel for her, but I kind of felt like she was a bit silly for trying to chase after a guy that is just really narcissistic. Oh, I kind of really agree to what you're saying. So, but uh, yeah, uh, Nightmare Before Christmas is an interesting tale. They have more. They sell so much merch. Hot topic. Mm. At Hot Topic, I mean, Tim Burton's like their in, mascot. like. Cause I shop at Hot Topic for all the movie merch that I like, cause they sell a lot of Lilo and Stitch stuff I like. <laughs> but anyway, side note: there's like this whole one side when you walk in, and it's just all Nightmare Before Christmas. Really? Yeah. So yeah, they're they're big on the Hot Topic end of Nightmare Before Christmas. Have you well, ever? That's, that's like Tim Burton's store. Yeah. The Hot Topic store. Yeah. Mm, I do feel like Tim Burton is kind of known. For me, I think that's the first time I'd really heard of him, even though I'd seen films before that. I think this is the sort of film that really started making... I mean, because you have 
The Nightmare Before Christmas and Edward Scissorhands and Beetlejuice and Corpse Bride, they all are kind of like, he's like the Halloween king himself. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. all of his films are pretty much like you play them at Halloween. So, and, and yeah. even the posters are all like pink and purple. So it's kind of like, and not pink, blue. <laughs> <laughs> so they're kind yeah. of like so similar. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, they're, they he uses like very dark colors. I could see that for a lot of his films. Like if you could pick up the aesthetics, like you mm. know, like you know those palette uh, Instagram accounts that will post like all the palettes. You know, what oh, colors yeah, yeah, they yeah. use from the yeah. posters, and you can see like there's black, purple, blue, green. You know, some white. You know, it's like you know same stereotypical thing like. Nowadays, when you know when you're watching a Tim Burton film, you know when you're watching a Tim Burton film. You can just easily oh, pick out the pick out the aesthetics. It's like watching a Wes Anderson movie. You know when you're watching a Wes Anderson movie, the minute you like press play, if you pick it out, you know. Yeah, yeah. no, exactly. I definitely agree. I I would say possibly because um, I did post recently um, on my stories. Like I normally do like a top five during the mm-hmm. week, and I I already in. Imp- in preparation for this, I posted my top five Tim Burton films on it. Um, but I definitely think Sweeney Todd is is definitely up there. Benjamin Park. Sweeney Todd now. I can guarantee the closest shave you will ever know. My arm is complete again. Rated R this Christmas. I've, uh, do, do you do you like Sweeney Todd? I'm not. I love I love Sweeney Todd. I'm actually not a huge fan of Sweeney Todd. I wasn't a fan what? of the film. I think the play. Listen, hear me out. Hear me out, Mac. Hear me out. Uh, <laughs> it's uh. I like the play much more. I feel like it, the the musical aspect in uh, Sweeney Todd didn't really work for me at times, and I just felt, uh, you know, it works better for as a Broadway, like a, not a Broadway show, but more like a play. Because I saw it uh, like a play out out of adaptation at a college, and I felt like, oh, why am I going to watch a Sweeney Todd play? Oh well, I'll go watch it to watch it. And I did, and I was like, wow, it works better as a play on Broadway or a stage adaption than it did for a film. Mm. And I didn't like Johnny Depp for it, even though he was good casting. Like, I just wasn't a fan of it. Like, I couldn't get into it at times that much, but I do like the horror aspect of it. I, I think because like it. it's set in London, I think I sort of resonate with it, like, because it's got that sort of Jack the Ripper sort of old yeah. school vibe to it. But it I, does. I mean, I do agree, sort of. Well, I mean, like, I personally haven't seen it as a play, but I have heard the like the songs, like the soundtrack of like recorded from like the live theatre. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I just I I don't know. Like, I mean, I don't know who actually plays um, the woman, uh, Mrs. Lovett. I mean, that is just such an amazing character. But um, she sounds a lot more old. In the, sorry, if. <laughs> if anyone knows who this woman is um but she sounded a lot more old in her voice rather than helena helena bottom carter who Mm -hmm. played her and i i really liked um her portrayal of her in the film um 
But yeah, I think it's obviously like what you're saying about Johnny Depp in the role. I definitely think somebody else could have done it. Um, I don't know. I, I mean, I do like Johnny Depp in the role. What about like a, I've, Daniel Day-Lewis could sing? What about like Daniel Day-Lewis? I don't think he would have done that. I, he has higher standards than. Oh, and by the way, Sweeney I was Todd. looking it up. I just looked it up, but Sweeney Todd—it's the demon barber of Fleet Fleet Street. One of the uh, so, so yeah, it was on. It opened on Broadway in 1979. So that could probably be like the old recordings. Mm-hmm. Uh, that you probably heard maybe that's what i assume because i've heard the old recordings and they're not you know th- it's not great so i mean <laughs> i've like i think like the newer adaptions have been a little bit better because it was you know brought to broadway i want to say back in 2017 for a short time but for off broadway i don't know if the soundtrack was recorded for that but i've heard other adaptions from it from like online stuff yeah and there's better like love it performances so. Oh really? Yeah. I, I guess I just I haven't seen anybody else play yeah. her, but I know I know like because I studied theatre when I was a teenager before I went into filmmaking, mm-hmm. and literally like we had to choose like a um a song from a musical to do for this workshop, and so many people chose Sweeney Todd because <laughs> it, I think it was just that it was like. Like a, it hadn't even been out for that long, but um, I think it was like a few years after it sort of was becoming popular for a bit or something in the sort of theatre, or maybe that was when it got revived, like you say. But everyone really liked it. I think it's just because it's kind of meaty characters that you can really sort of take to the extreme with being a, a Londoner. Okay, cool. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I I personally really like Sweeney Todd. Um, I'm not sure if you guys have seen it, but uh, have you guys seen Jersey Girl? No. It's the Kevin Smith film, and it stars like Ben Affleck and stuff like that. Mm-mm. And there's a part in the film. Well, I shouldn't say part. There's this whole bit in the film where it's like a daddy-daughter parent competition talent show, and Ben Affleck's character is as a dad, and he has a younger and he has a young daughter in the film, and they decide to do a live uh, performance of Sweeney Todd. And meanwhile, <laughs> all the other girls' classmates did mem- performed memories from Cats. Mm-hmm. So I just thought it was really funny. You go- if you haven't nice. seen it, uh, go watch that little scene. It's from Jersey Girl. It's like really, really cute. And uh, J- Jersey Girl does not get enough hype, and I think it's cute. So. Can I uh, talk? Oh, yeah. I can. Can I talk about a Tim Burton film that I freaking uh, that I like a lot, real quick? Yeah. Yeah. Go. Go for it. Um, this might be a little like I don't know. People will be like, "Oh man, I love Beetlejuice." You know, Edward Scissorhands, Batman. But like the Tim Burton film that I love the most because I rewatched recently. It's on HBO Max. I love Mars Attacks. What do we know about them? We know they're extremely advanced technologically, which suggests that they're peaceful. They blew up Congress. <laughs> I want the people to know that they still have two out of three branches of the government working for them, and that ain't bad. See the biggest cast on the planet while it's still here. Whoa, Mars Attacks, directed by Tim Burton, starts Friday, December 13th, at a theater near you. Oh, it's on. It's on net. Uh, 
What did HBO you watch? That's one of the ones I haven't seen. HBO no, Mars. Oh, go ahead. Joel. Yeah, no, I I watched it in quarantine because mm-hmm. my partner was just like, oh, it's so good. Like he watched it when it came out or whatever, mm-hmm. and I was just like, it looked. And I I just just from the poster on Netflix, I was just like. This looks like it's going to be a terrible film, and um, I actually was really pleasantly surprised. And that there are so many good cast members in it as well. Yes, it's awesome. It's like Who's it has it? it. Um, well, of course you got Jack Nicholson. He's the freaking president. Glenn Close, <laughs> Annette Bening, Pierce Bronson, Danny DeVito, Martin Short, Sarah Jessica Parker, Michael J. Fox, Rod Steiger, Tom Jones. Lucas, Pam Greer, Natalie Portman, Jim Brown, Lisa Murray Smith, and Sylvia Sidney, and Jack Black. Holy God, that's like a lot of people. Like, yeah, <laughs> uh, that's like the you know the Sausage Party cast, you know, for like you know Mars Attacks. Pretty much, I love Mars Attacks because it's just like it's a homage to classic B movie like Alien Invasion. Like this is like. Uh, I used to com- I compare it to invasions of the body snatchers, but if the body snatchers just said screw it, we have vaporizers and we're just gonna vaporize everything we see. And I could just- tell that from the poster because I have seen the poster for it, and I essentially got you know B movie vibes from it. And so the aliens are awesome in it. Me and my mom are just around the house, and like the sounds they make to the community, they're like ah 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 it's just hilarious. Awesome. I love and then Jack Nicholson as the president. I'm like, I I want this in real life. Can we get Jack Nicholson to run for president, please? Yes, I, I would Why vote. Not? I can't vote, but I would if I could. <laughs> I think but, anybody would given Christy, our state. Christian, you gotta you gotta watch Mars Attacks. It's a really I say it's I one of his it's one of his underrated. I want to see that one and I really wanna watch Ed Wood. I've never I, seen Ed I've I was going through like you know you know how Mac I do research you know yes you're very thorough yes um <laughs> that's one of every single list I came across of whether it was like Entertainment Weekly or Thrillist or you know the one of many film related websites everybody put you know Ed Wood as number one. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I knew about this film, and even like from watching like Watch Mojo videos, like some of the old ones, Ew. like they recommended, uh, you know, Ed Wood, and I was just like, dang, I gotta really watch this one, and it's mm-hmm. been years, and I still have yet to watch it. So, have you seen Ed Wood, uh, Jules? Jules, no, I have not, but it's it's got Johnny Depp in again. Yeah, and like Sarah Jessica Parker's in it, and. Uh, Bill Murray, actually, too, and you can't go wrong yeah. with Bill Murray and Danny De- and Danny DeVito. I mean, him and uh, you know, Pim Burns should just get it on at this point, knowing how many times they work together. <laughs> Maybe they have. Oh, yeah. like, <laughs> because uh, Mac, is there any other movies that you want to talk about? Because then I'm going to bring up my movies. Uh, no, nah, that's it. You go ahead. Okay. Wow, you only have one recommendation. Well, actually, no, I, I, well, Batman, but that's obvious. Like, Batman's just awesome. The first Batman movie, Michael Keaton. The first Batman? Okay. Yes. Okay, now, okay, now we're going to get some to this discussion, because I recommend the Batman Returns. She was a timid secretary who fell in love with Gotham's greatest hero. But will she be able to share his life without sharing her deepest secret? <laughs> 
Michael Keaton, Danny DeVito, Michelle Pfeiffer. Batman Returns, June 19th. Directed by Tim Burton. Rated PG-13. Well, I mean, Batman Returns isn't bad. Like, it's just I, like, I ba- the first that- Batman's better. I, I No, I prefer Batman Returns. I mean, you could probably... Well, like, no, 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 here's where you're wrong. Batman no, is the best. because here's the thing. I know you're going to say because of Jack Nicholson, he plays the Joker. I know yes. you're going to probably say it that. But no, I enjoy Danny DeVito as the Penguin. That's respectable. And you can't go wrong with Michelle Pfeiffer. I love her. Like, I love me some Michelle Pfeiffer. Well, and, comparing to what she had to go up against for Catwoman, that's a very low bar to clear. Yeah, but she was so good. <laughs> who, who did she have to go up against? Halle Berry and um, Anne Hathaway. Oh, oh, right. I thought you meant for the role, not oh, no. like. No, no. The... Actually, well, like, fun fact. I guess you could say past adaptations, you know? Fun yeah. fact with Batman Returns is that, uh, did you know who uh, was originally supposed to be, um, you know, Sean Young? Uh, the actress, she was supposed to be... She wanted to play Catwoman in this movie, but she got in a horse riding accident, so she couldn't do it, because she was going to be Vicky Vale in the first Batman movie, but uh, she got injured. So then, when they were casting for this movie, she came into Timber in the office with a homemade Catwoman suit and uh, was like, hey, Tim, put me in this movie. He called security on her and escorted her out of the uh, studio. And she went on the um, Joan Rivers show... And said, yeah, Tim Burton's and he's a dick and everything. So, oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. So, so Sean Young was wanted to be Catwoman, but it didn't work out. Yeah, that's a story. <laughs> but no, I love that movie. It's great. I, it's very like, you know, formulaic, yes. And I've like, not rewatching it, but thinking about like, you know, how amazing the recent bad up. Batman adaptations have been it's just like dang I could prefer you know Batman Returns you know it is good I actually didn't realize it was directed by Tim Burton I I had seen it I just didn't realize it was directed by him I keep forgetting he did like OG Batman movies back in the day it seems so out of left field like you know when you see a movie and you're just like whoa that person directed that yeah (laughs) one of those movies yeah because he didn't want to do that one what I read he didn't want to direct another one, but they convinced him. They said, hey, yeah. you can do it. can be all the Tim Burton you wanted to. He's like, it can. Even, even Keaton wasn't going to come back, I don't think. If if he if he got like, a good script, mm-hmm. then he was going to come back. But I think it's, you know, the money. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's back now. Yeah. And then, uh, Jules, I know how much you like The Corpse Bride after you just discussed it. My favorite stop-motion claymation uh, Tim Burton film is probably Frankenweenie. When Victor lost his best friend... Sparky was a great dog. ...he discovered a shocking solution. Sparky! I can't believe it! Your dog is alive! On October 5th... Victor brought an animal back to life? Everyone wants in. We can do better. On the adventure... From Tim Burton. I need your help. My problem, Bigo. Yeah, he's right. Frankenweenie. I can fix that. Rated PG in 3D. Uh, you, uh, hold up, what? You like Frankenweenie? Yes, I do. Oh, interesting. I've, you are in a rare class because I've barely known anyone to like, meh, Frankenweenie was just, what? I've never heard anyone say Frankenweenie was bad. It was just okay for them. No, I cried at Frankenweenie. Aww. I I enjoy oh, it because, <laughs> first of all, 
It's a film centered around a dog. Okay, so that's a that plus in it's a plus in my book. Mm-hmm. So anything with a dog is a plus in my book and I will watch it. And um yeah, I'm a sucker for dogs. But anyways, it's got a good cast, Catherine O'Hara, Martin Short, uh Martin Landau, and uh Octa Schaefer and Wyona Ryder and you know, I could say all the listening names. But I enjoy it. I like the uh, outcast like, you know, character like I was like I said before, of the young boy, you know, who connects with his dog. And I feel like, you know, anybody can connect with their dog. And I love how it is a, you know, similar like how you talked about how when Mar- Mars attacks, you know, uh, this one, uh, Frankenweenie pays homages to, you know, the old school, like, monster films like Frankenstein. So, mm-hmm. you know, and I love the black and white version of it. And, uh this is actually an, an extended tale of his 1984 short, uh, oh, Frank. Wow. It's a, it was a short film. I think you can watch it on Disney Plus, I believe. But yeah, it's a expand. It's a, it's, a, it's uh, I can't talk. It's essentially <laughs> an extended tale of it, and I thought he did a really good job. I love. I really enjoy uh, the main character who I actually forgot, but I love how they designed. Uh, Sparky, the main or the main star mm-hmm. of the film, and I love the bond that uh, Sparky and has with his owner. And uh, you know, it's it's essentially like a film that I can connect with, especially with someone who's had dogs growing up, and wishing that like, oh dang, I wish I could go back and reconnect my dog, or like you know, bring my dog back to life, you know, because you know, you have. People have such a different bond with animals as opposed to, you know, like a human yeah. connection. Yeah. So I just connected with that film and, you know, you know, not having as many friends growing up either. You know, the character was kind of like he didn't have as many friends and the father was always pushing him to like, you know, try out for the baseball team, do this, do that. And, you know, he made films with his dog and I made films with my dogs growing up. So it's like, you know. It's I was it's a film that I was essentially able to bond with and get you know a really good timber and feel and spirit. Mm-hmm. I could see where people may have its flaws, but I enjoy a majority of it. I think that's the wonder, like wonderful thing about film. Like somebody will really love a film, and somebody else might not see the beauty in it. But I think a lot of things, like the stories, like you say, like you connect with that specifically because you've had dogs and you feel very much connected to that. Um, so, yeah, but I'm not yeah. saying that I've been, you know, betrayed at the altar and have been killed and then yeah. want to be <laughs> married. Yeah. Have you seen this film, Jules? Yeah. I have not. Have you oh. seen this movie, Mac? Yeah, and I, I didn't really care. I like Paranorman better. I, I, mean, I don't think he didn't, he didn't direct that. I know, but it came out the same year and I saw Paranorman and I was like, yep, this is better <laughs> than Frank and Weenie. Same concept, I think just Paranormal no dog. Came out first, and then it was Frank and Weenie. No, Paranorman came out the same year. No, but like in terms of when they were released first, like because I remember Paranorman came out like in August, and then like. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah, yeah. Paranorman less dogs, but more ghosts. And cool. then the last film I really liked was Big Fish. For every father with a story to tell. Which one's it gonna be? The one about the witch. 
For every child who had a hero to believe in comes a movie that critics are calling Tim Burton's masterpiece. It's breathtaking, unforgettable, a perfect film. And now it has been nominated for four Golden Globes, including Best Picture of the Year, Big Fish, rated PG-13. Now playing in select cities, opens everywhere Friday. I've never heard of that movie, actually. What? What is Big Fish? It's basically, uh, uh, it's, I'm, I, I'm pulling this from the plot from IMDb, but it's about a, frust- a frustrated son tries to determine the fact from fiction in his dying father's life. Uh, so it's basically, he's, there's a father, he's dying, and the son's asking, Dad, what's, what did you do with your life? And he's like, well, son, this is what I did. And it's basically like a fantasy, like, drama, love story type thing. Like, there's giants in it. There's an offbeat town. There's some bank robberies that happen with Steve Buscemi. Good. (laughs) And it's this larger-than-life Tim Burton fantasy film. And it's really, really good. And it's got a really good cast. Like, Ewan McGregor is in it. Albert Finney plays, like, the father who's basically dying. And Ewan McGregor plays... The father who's dying, like as the younger self, mm-hmm. and uh, really, really good casting for Ewan McGregor for that role. I really liked him in that. Billy Curtup, Jessica Lang actually plays like the wife of you know. Uh, I love her. She can't go wrong with any of her American Horror Story stuff. Mm, but anyways, but anyways, back to the film. Uh, Jessica Lang, uh, Helen Bottom Carter's in it. Marion Cotillard, who plays like Billy Curtup's wife in the film. And Missy Pyle, too, who's the like name. Missy you know. Pyle. Yeah, Missy Pyle's been, like, ever since, you know, been a lot of, like, you know, down stuff. But anyways, that's for another day. And also Danny DeVito. So, and uh, and actually in this film, Danny DeVito also plays, like, the circus top ring. Like, the ringleader. Mm-hmm. Because there is a circus involved with the film. And, uh, you know, I've realized it after, because I rewatched the film today. And uh, realizing how he played one in Dumbo, and then he also played another ring top leader in recently in like that film Animal Crackers or like a clown thing that was just released on Netflix too. And I was like, dang, Danny DeVito just always gets typecasted for circus roles. <laughs> but then uh, I like the fact this, the speaking of Big Fish, uh, it just takes you to different alternative worlds and there's some beautiful cinematography shots like there's a really great scene where uh ewan mcgregor's trying to get the love of his life named sandra mm-hmm. and sandra is also getting married to another guy who was uh the main character's like arch, arch uh, nemesis in the film and you know she's like no i'm gonna go and date this you know ewan mcgregor and there's all these daisies around you, McGregor, and the main, you know, the girl. Her name's, like I said, Sandra. And, you know, you know McGregor just gets beat up by, uh, you know, in a field of dan- daffodils. <laughs> the heck? Yeah, it's, 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 it starts off as a really sweet scene, then it escalates to you and McGregor just getting beat up in, like, this pretty fantasy land. Hmm, interesting. <laughs> but, uh... Yeah, it's a fun film. I really like Danny Elfman's score in it. And a uh, really great film that people should check out. Uh, so, I guess I want to ask you both, 
this one question because this is a film like the one film Tim Burton has made that it's a very split bag and I think by me talking about it you know what I'm saying it's a remake of course I'm talking about Charlie and the Chocolate Factory what oh do you guys yes think about this is yeah. what do you guys what do you guys Definitely think about the worst ones what do you guys think about Charlie and the Chocolate Factory because you're either in the camp that you hate it or you like it Bring in the chocolate. To the tastiest. It's amazing. Full speed ahead. Wildest. Come on. Nuttiest DVD of the year. I think that one's got a bad nut. You can buy Charlie and the Chocolate Factory Tuesday on DVD. Made it PG. Oh. This is definitely, in my opinion, one of the worst ones. I've talked to many people about this, and most of the people I've talked to agree that it's definitely not a good adaptation. <laughs> <laughs> No offense to anybody who likes it, but, you know. In fact, Entertainment Weekly gave it an A when I was researching this, and I just almost dropped my computer and said, what? It's probably some <laughs> nostalgia, probably. How about yeah. you, Jules? What do you think about Charlie and the Chocolate Factory? Um, I think, well, when I first watched it, um, I hadn't watched the original, mm-hmm. so this is, like, my first time watching it, and... Um, I did enjoy it, but I think it's because I was watching it as a kid, being like, I want a golden ticket. Um, <laughs> but now I'm very much like, hmm, it's questionable. Yeah, I, 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 I definitely don't think it's um, the best remake. Um, but yeah, yeah, I think it was just that, that watching it as a as a kid, wanting to be one of those kids. But yeah, not not for me. <laughs> did you guys know? This is one of the films where you definitely have to show young kids the original with Gene Wilder in it, because Gene Wilder just captures the heart—the heart is who and who yeah. is Willy Wonka. Because yeah. Johnny Depp definitely misses the mark, in my opinion. You guys didn't like Johnny Depp as Willy Wonka? No, Aww. he freaks me out. <laughs> I agree. I have to agree with that one. That smile was so. Not creepy. I just looked like he reminded me of Cheshire the Cat in Alice in Wonderland. I, well, I a... think he just looks like a mannequin. <laughs> that's does. a good one too. Yeah, that's and, a good way to yeah. see it. I mean, well, I'm there's... just looking at his face now, and I'm gonna have nightmares. <laughs> there is a here's a list of actors that were originally supposed to be um that were uh, considered to play Wonka. We have Bill Murray, Nicolas Cage, Jim Carrey, Michael Keaton, Brad Pitt, Will Smith, and Adam Sandler. And many others were considered to play Willy Wonka. For the remake, yeah. I could yeah. not see Will Smith as Willy Wonka. I can't see that. I want it. I want that cut now in the movie. Uh, did you mention Nicolas Cage? Yes, I did. Oh my God. That, and then that's the movie I would pay now to see it. <laughs> Jules, what do that's you think like, of Nicolas? That would be the gift that would give, keep on giving if that's, you know... Jules, what do you think of Nicolas Cage? Because he's like a fixture on our podcast. We just keep bringing him up. Um, I I feel like I'm a little bit impartial, but I did watch Mandy. <gasps> mm-hmm. He's good. I love Mandy. I, I did really enjoy that, but I can't say I've really enjoyed a lot of other... I feel like he is basically a meme of him. He's like a living meme of himself. Yes. <laughs> so, like, I, I think it was like Treasure treasure island or tre- like national treasure or one of those like mm-hmm. kids films i remember and i just thought i just do not like this man <laughs> he just really did my head in but when i saw mandy i was like yeah but then when you say oh h- him as charlie in the chocolate factory i'm just like 
I, I can't. All I can picture is like the blood, dro- like going down. Oh, him. And I just, I couldn't imagine that as Charlie in the Chocolate Factory. <laughs> oh, no. It's just oh, a no. little bit horrifying. Can we now? Can we kickstart that have, project now? Have you seen Wicker Man? Because this came out the same year as Wicker Man, so it could have been like no, Wicker Man. Yeah. Oh my gosh, yeah, I did. I just realized that. 2005. Oh so we could have got <gasps> Nicolas Cage and Charlie in the Chocolate Factory and him and Wicker Man. You know how like awesome and like we would have had so much clips clips of him? That would have been amazing. Just realizing <laughs> that now. Oh man. I think it would have been interesting if Jim Carrey was in it, just because yeah. it looks it does look very on the similar vein to like the Doctor Zeus cat in the hat sort of thing. Ooh. But then I also feel like mm-hmm. would he have been too much because it, it's such a really bright, vibrant and obviously you've got like the Oompa Loompas and mm-hmm. it's just it's and those and, Oompa Loompas and this that one were worse than you know. The originals. Yeah, yeah. Oh my god. The Oompa Loompas and the Charlie and the Chocolate Factory really scared me as a kid when they took it away and <laughs> like, to the chocolate and uh you know when they had to roll the girl out. I was yeah. just gonna the say thing. when but the thing is they do it so casually, sort of singing as yeah. as they do it. I, yeah, I don't know, like yeah, the, the rolling violet away. Yeah. yeah. But I think the world is so crazy and these these things that happen, like people drowning in chocolate and it's kind of a little bit morbid when you think about it. But I like, it. I, I, I just think Jim Carrey would be too over the top for it or fit it absolutely perfectly. It's one of those fine line yeah. things. I can agree to that. Yeah. I don't know. Just Charlie and the Chocolate Factory was an interesting film. I don't think it's the worst adaptation of Charlie Chocolate Factory because have you guys seen Tom and Jerry in uh, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory? No, but I want to. Uh, it's it's horrible. It's one of the worst like animated uh, Tom and Jerry movies they've made. I Even didn't worse. know that was a thing. Yeah, because Tom and Jerry has been crossing over with everything. This was made like 2015, and they it's like the animation's off. Then like the kids look terrible, and it's just like it's so bad. It's horrifying to watch. Why did you watch it? Because I was bored. Mac, there's so much <laughs> other stuff you could have watched. Like, Why like the... Yeah. Oh no! All right, can I ask about one other one? This is like it... I, this to me. I think is the worst one, probably out of all of them. But the psychedelic. Alice in Wonderland 2010 adaptation. Mm. I could not get into that. Alice, you're back. Off with it! You're late for tea! PG. I don't like Alice in Wonderland. It hurt yeah, my soul. <laughs> I just am like. Even the cartoon, I could never get into either. Oh no, I like the cartoon. The high caterpillar is just something to to really aspire to. Yeah, really. <laughs> it's just like when they made the movie, I was just like, "Who asked for this?" Honestly, like, who was yeah, like, yeah, yeah. "Who's like, man, I can't wait for my Alice in Wonderland movie." <laughs> yeah, I agree. Yeah, I I don't know why they needed um a sequel either. Oh, through the through the looking yeah. glass. 
And yeah. it didn't do too well. And also it came out way too late when the sequel should have happened sooner as like, you know, because it came yes. out like six it came years out, later. Yeah, it, that that sequel should have came out at least two or four years, you know, after the original. I mean, I mean, like I get it. All the cast members did really good, good other films. But, you know, six years is now you got to cut the cord. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, Jules, why did Alice in Wonderland break your heart? Because we heard you sigh, and it sounded like it hit you deep. Yeah, I like. I really enjoyed watching the animation when um, I was little. I found it really fascinating. Mm-hmm. But the okay, so first off, the Queen's head. What is that about? <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> like, like all the Funko figure. Exactly the 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 portion like proportions of people's bodies like even um tweedle dumb and tweedle d like i don't know i think it's because obviously the the actor is like oh, i can't remember his name now it's like um the famous british guy i'm just having a look oh no i can't remember it <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah oh matt lucas um but i think it because he's not that height, I know he's not that height, but I know his face, mm-hmm. and his face on these two, that I, okay, okay, it just creeped me out, I think, I think I'm just completely, like, upset by the whole thing, I can see, like, how they've tried to make it, like, obviously, like a live-action version of it, I just don't think, personally, it's, like, the best live-action film of a Disney film, yeah, um, I just, yeah, I don't know. I mean, obviously, because Disney are trying to bring out all these different um, live-action films of the animation, but I feel like the animation ones hold a sort of, like, a place in your heart that the live-actions won't always fully hit. Mm -hmm. So I feel like they were kind of um, kicking us whilst we were down, I suppose. That's a good way to put it. This is horrifying. I just couldn't stand Anne Hathaway's voice in that movie. Was the way she, she oh, yeah. Who uh, was she in that movie? She was the, the white, uh, queen. white queen. Oh, okay. Oh, well. We had to throw the race card in. I was joking. <laughs> no. It's just, I don't know. It's like when I watched that movie, I was like, I don't, I didn't really, I knew about Alice in Wonderland. And it was just like, I didn't really know enough about it to be like, ah, oh, well, I'm really excited about the movie. Then I saw the sequel in a drive in, and like, I didn't really care about it because the next movie was Captain America Civil War. So I'm like, <laughs> watch. And the sad part is I fell asleep through Civil War because I was watching um, the through the looking glass the whole movie. And I was just like, this movie's so boring. And it's just like... The I, whole, I, don't... I didn't see Looking Glass, but even the first one I felt was really boring. It just fell flat. Yeah. yeah. And way too long. Yeah. I mean, because I don't know if it was the first one or the second one, but they had the, the battle with the Jabba Gada Badaba. <laughs> I like the way you said that character. Yeah, I don't actually know. It was like a Jabba, Jabba, Wadawa. It sounds like a, you're trying to say a Jabberwocky. Is that what it was? <laughs> no, I, it sounds like you're trying to say the Jabberwockies, the dance group. Oh. You know that America's Best Dance Crew? Oh, America's that would be so much more entertaining if they were in it instead. I wish. <laughs> a dance battle between them. That would be great. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I thought the battle at the end was kind of, I don't know. It it made it look spectacular, but it didn't feel it. Yeah. If that makes sense. So it was just yeah. yeah. I, totally 
they'd obviously thrown a lot of money at it, but it just... Even though it's got a really good cast in it, um, like Alan Rickman as the caterpillar, I just I keep coming back to the caterpillar because it's my favorite character. Oh he was gosh, really I great. He was in that. I know. Like even just like looking at the cast, there are so many good people, even in the small roles. Yeah. But I just felt like the main, and I love Helena. I love Johnny Depp, but I just felt like the main actors in it in the principal roles just didn't care it was yeah i don't know it was just something that just really fell flat it was just kind of like not their best acting mm-hmm. i think yeah yeah, yeah. i totally agree that especially in the sequel for me honestly they didn't care they really... i think it was just lazy yeah. yeah they just knew tim burton was like well i gotta do it just money everybody do your best yeah. Am and I right in thinking lazy. that there was like something like they said, oh, if you do this Alice in Wonderland, we'll give you six more deal, like film deals for you to do whatever film you want? Maybe, because he did Probably. Dark Shadows after um, Alice in Wonderland. That I didn't like that. Didn't Me like neither. That yeah. I, I didn't think it was bad, but it's but this film got some mixed reviews. But when he did the Dumbo. Oh, God. Everyone remembers the moment they fell in love with Dumbo. On March 29th, a Disney legend returns. You have wondered. Magic. For a whole new generation. You can do it, Dumbo. Show him. Dumbo. Rated PG. March 29th. Oh, you didn't like it, Mac? I talked to Jules when we she was on live earlier on Instagram, and I said to her, "I'm like, I'm sick of this Disney live action crap." Yeah, I did. Like, I like the way they did Dumbo, but everything else was just okay. I just like. I think I laughed harder when they announced that Tim Burton was directing it. That's when I fell out of my chair because I'm like, Tim Burton <laughs> directing Dumbo! Ha 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 ha! <laughs> I actually haven't seen it. <laughs> it's like, I don't know. It's weird. I love the way they designed Dumbo. Like, I really like the character design of it. I th- I really like that. But you can tell the whole film is really CGI'd. Yeah. That's the only thing. It's kind of like what he did, like how it looks like for Alice in Wonderland kind of feel. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I really love the animation. So I was very like, I haven't seen it yet, but I was very skeptical of, even watching the live action film. Yeah. yeah. I remember seeing it and because I saw it in IMAX. It was kind of weird. I liked seeing in the IMAX kind of feel because it really fit what, you know, the story, what Disney was trying to, you know, imagine for its big screen. Yeah. But, you know, it just didn't, you know, what they were trying to do always didn't really work. And I just thought Michael Keaton, you know, again, turned, you know, turned up in the film to work with Tim Burton again. He was kind of underutilized. I don't think he was only like in a few handful of scenes. Mm, he just so. needed money. Yeah. And now uh, he's making Beetlejuice too. So God. No, that know. got sh- that got shelved. Really? Yeah, I got shelved as of April of last year. Because it says it's still on IMDb that it still says uh, Beetlejuice too. Nope, it said it got shelved in 2018. Huh. Why? Oh. I wonder why. 
I don't know, maybe because he was going to put t- uh, Johnny Depp in there. And Johnny Depp's a no-no now. As, like, a Johnny Depp for, like, you know, Michael Keaton's son in the film. This is my yeah. son. Yeah. <laughs> so, but, I uh, guess I got two more films we can talk about real quick. Then we can oh, yeah. What, yeah, what uh, two? Uh, so, first, this is the film that I think I hate the most that he's done because I'm a big fan of the franchise, and that's Planet of the Apes. Delta Pod is launched. In six days, you can experience. Where am I? A whole new world. Good luck, everybody. Have a nice ride. I think it's fair to call this hostile territory. <laughs> a whole new adventure. A whole new planet. Get me the space man. Can't we all just get along? Oh. Planet of the Apes. Rated PG 13. Parents strongly cautioned. In six days. Oh yeah! Oh yeah! Have you guys seen this one? Yes. No, I don't really like Planet of the Apes. I'll be honest. What? You don't like the freaking apes taking over the world? I will say the Matt Reeves films, the the recent two mass uh, Planet of the Apes films are done ten times better. You know. Yeah, but this one was just—it was bad. They had well-known actors just like in bad makeup. Mark Wahlberg. And Mark Wahlberg was the astronaut, and they had Michael Clark Duncan playing a gorilla. That's not good. Um, then the ending was just dumb. Uh, can I just spoil the ending for you, Jules? Do you care? I will not be watching it, I'm afraid. Okay, so the ending was like, so um, Mark Wahlberg went into space, and then for some reason he went fast forward in time, and he landed on the planet. And it was full of apes, because you know Planet of the Apes, the title. So then yeah. he back got back in the ship. He went back in time to the year two thousand one, and then he landed, crash landed in Washington D.C. And then uh, when he crash lands, he crash lands in Washington, and the cops pull up, and it's like he looks at the statue, the like Abraham Lincoln statue, and it's like a ape, an ape Lincoln statue, like ape a big Lincoln. Ape. It's an ape, and ape the, the, the cops pull up. It's apes. All the cops are apes because it turns out Earth was full of apes the whole time. <sighs> Because they try to do the the classic, the Charleston Heston, the original ending, but this time it was like the whole time he was in space, they were taking over the Earth. So you like the other ones in the franchise, but you just don't like Tim Burton's one? Yeah, he yeah. completely butchered this one. I don't know who, why he was like, I'm going to just like, because he did a Sleepy Hollow before this movie, so I don't know like what happened in two years to be like, I'm going to do Planet of the Apes. <laughs> So I, I don't know. And I guess the last one I want to talk about is like Miss Peregrine's Home for Peculiar Children. Oh, I didn't see this one. I didn't. I did. Yeah, I was I was going to talk about this one too. Oh, go ahead. You can talk about it more because I, I don't care for it as much. No, I mean, I don't care for it. Like, well, the thing with I watched the trailer mm-hmm. and I was just like, wow, this looks really promising. I really like the idea of, like, basically these magical foster care children in this, like, big house. Um, and I, I quite I quite like Eva Green. I mean, for me, Eva Green looks very similar to Emily Blunt, so I always get confused between oh. both. Um, but I was, I literally, when I saw the trailer, I was like, yes, I can't wait to watch this. And then I watched it, and I was very, very disappointed. And I was just like, oh. That's it. Oh, and the credits are roll. Okay, yep, the credits are rolling. Okay, that is it. So, um, I wasted an hour and a half, or however long it is of my life. It's two hours. Oh, it's no. two hours long, and I don't know. I just 
Oh, to be honest, it's one of those films that um, it was so bad I can't even remember it. I forgot all. Yeah, I cause all I remember is that when Samuel Jackson came on screen, I'm like, yes, this movie saved. If this is how you're feeling, it's time to be peculiar. He's invisible. Of course. On September 30th. This is even the fun part. Do you want to see the fun part? Tim Burton invites you. My main skill is the manipulation of time. To discover your power. Let's see what you can do. Is Peregrine's Home for Peculiar Children. Made PG-13. September 30th. I'll be honest. I don't even remember him. I remember the... Yeah. He's like the bad guy. I think. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. He was the bad guy, and he was, I could tell when he was in the movie, he was just, like, hamming it up, and I was like, you are saving this movie, and then when it happened, and I was like, oh, he, this movie sucks now. Yeah, I, I remember there was, like, a bit at the end where they're, like, um, on, like, a, it's like a funfair pier sort mm-hmm. of thing, um, but, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That was that was kind of really it. I know there was like a sort of like love story, and I mean, so I'm just looking at pictures just to remind me. But the <laughs> two the two children with like masks on their face. What is yeah, that about? That reminds me of um. Remember that movie Nine back in 2009 with the rag dolls? Oh yeah 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 yeah. That yeah. remind those two remind me of them. That was just creepy. Yeah that. Yeah, but it's one of those things where you think maybe they've just added it to be creepy. Do you know what I mean? Like it would have maybe it, it just amped up the creepiness. But I just I think what it was was the trailer really set a tone that I was like, okay, this is going to be like this sort of film. And then when I watched it, it was a bit more child friendly. I think yeah, it, it felt a little bit more sweet rather than like what. Well, how Tim Burton could have really gone for it. Like, you've seen him, you know, with these, like, Halloween films, and even though they still are kind of good-ish for children-ish, mm-hmm. I'm not promoting some of these films, but um, obviously, like, Sweeney Todd, it really goes to, like, that gore. Yeah. And so you've seen him do that tone, but then I saw that in the trailer, and I was like, oh, it's going to be, like, really quite dark and mysterious. And then I watched it, and I was just kind of like, oh. So now... It, it kind of started to be a bit like that, like mysterious and like maybe setting it up like a horror because this kid didn't really know what his powers were or whatever. And then mm. suddenly they're all best bum chums in like <laughs> the house together trying to fight crime with the Miss Eva Green sort of fronting them, but she kind of didn't, but she had a clock. And I was yeah. like, are you just, you're very conscious of time here. Um, that um, was it. I All I remember was like, because I did see the trailers and see seen it advertised on TV. I remember seeing Eva Green in it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, now she's also becoming, like, the new Helen Bonham Carter for Tim Burton films. Because she was also in uh, Dumbo. And, yep. uh, and Shadows. Oh, what yeah, she was in Shadows. That's right. That and um, But uh, Asa Butterfield was in it, too, right? Yes. Yeah, because I remember him, like, in the trailer some girl like there was wasn't there a girl like a like, blonde hair or something like that and yeah she, her like, power she can float and then you yeah have a rope to tie her down she's like oh no you're gonna float away to the sun yeah that's down. what i remember seeing because now that now that you're saying that i remember watching the trailer and there's like some kind of rope or something like that i think he was holding on to and yep 
Yeah. Well, that shows it's very rememberable, at least uh, with the trailers. I, I, Christian, to make this film easier for you, this is Artemis Fowl before Artemis Fowl. Wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, because this was based on a book that was made in like 2011. Right. And, like, I guess, Jules, I guess we didn't like it, so I guess we didn't, like, we weren't fans of the books. So that means we are. People who listen to this is like, well, you just didn't get the book, you filthy normies. If you read it, you can see that this film is truly faithful because it has a 64% of Rotten Tomatoes. There was an audience, I guess, who liked it because I remember at least reading some reviews who thought people liked it. So it seemed pretty split. Not on this podcast. It's not. Yeah, not on this podcast. (laughs) No, no, sorry. And one person didn't even see it, so and I probably still won't see it. It's, just, it's it's so boring. I like at least with Artemis Fowl, I was entertained on how bad it was. This was just like I did not care. I was like, what is this movie? I thought Eva Green was freaking like Helen Bonner Carter. I was like, wait, it's not her. I was like, oh yeah, they're divorced. Like I said, <laughs> she's like the new Helen Bonham Carter. You know, they're divorced now. He's he needs a new you know that, work wife. Make it Eva true. Green. He needs a new work husband too because him and Johnny Depp can't be in a movie anymore. Oh, so that's right. Gonna, so Danny DeVito's probably going to be it. Well, him and Danny DeVito have been going at it since, like, you know, ni- 19... Uh, 92. 92, so uh, might as well keep going. <laughs> so I guess before we end this uh, section uh, is that what, like, are you... What is your overall opinion of Tim Burton? Is he overrated? Is he underrated? Or is he just, like, is he fine? Jules, you go first. Yeah, you go first. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Um... I don't know, it's, it obviously, throughout this conversation, I feel like my mind is torn. Um, <laughs> I, the thing is, is like I went through a stage of my life where I literally was watching Tim Burton films back to back, and I really did, I really did love him, but like we, we kind of stated at the beginning, after it was like, after Sweeney Todd, it just got worse and worse yeah. and worse and so I, I I don't think he's overrated because I haven't really seen a lot of him been praised or like when people mention like their favorite directors he doesn't really come up that often no. to be honest but I do feel like he's good in his Halloween niche and I do really like his animation um which i think is really unique so i really do like him um for the animation but in terms of anything else past 2009 um i've sort of written him off so in the end i feel like i guess i'm impartial until i see i mean i guess beetlejuice 2 would have been a kind of deciding factor to see if it's going to start going back up again or not Mm -hmm. so i'll be interested to see what he does in the future how about you, Christian? Uh, growing up, I wasn't a fan of him. So, I, like I said, I think my younger self would have said, oh, yeah, he's overrated. Because given my time growing up, a lot of film kids that I used to hang out with used to mention how great he was. But I think over time, I think he's gone to be pretty average. I think back if he said back in the 90s, he would have been popular. If we were, if this was, if this yeah. whole podcast was happening around, I think his name would have came up more frequently but uh yeah i i just think he's pretty i think you know gone to be pretty average and i think we're all just waiting to see when he can make a pretty at least solid film but other than that yeah i just don't think his work has been i think something that's special 
However, I think it's special when it comes to stop motion because I do love, like mm. I mentioned with Breaking Weenie and the stop motion, I think he's praised for that, yeah. starting the tra- train of that with the Leica Studios, you know, how successful their films are. I feel like mm-hmm. some of the credit that can go towards that to Tim Burton's wild and crazy imagination. Uh, but yeah, I think uh, he's pretty average, if we can just say that. So... For me, I think that Tim Burton, uh, I think he needs to find a new type of film to make because, like, ever since, like, what Jules said with Sweeney Todd, it's been going downhill, downhill, downhill. And it's like, he's been trying to recapture that 90s magic he's had. Like, he's somehow stuck in the 90s, and it doesn't work for this new era of film because, you know, it was cool back then, but it's not really cool now. And it's like, you gotta, you gotta find a new, like, way to make the movie like you can keep some of your aspects in there you can keep your danny elfman and get maybe get your johnny depp back maybe get Helen the bottom carter back get all the elements back but you gotta do something new you can't try the same thing over and over again do the same style because it's gonna get old and it's gonna get boring so that's my take on it yeah i agree and yeah. now like what you said about um johnny depp obviously i think that i think maybe it's a bit like complacent like I mean, I understand that some directors do like to work with, you know, once they find an actor that they really do like. I mean, Quentin Tarantino is quite, you know, notorious for doing this and just Mm -hmm. sticking to quite a lot of the same actors. But I feel Mm -hmm. like maybe with this Johnny Depp situation that's gone on, that hopefully having it freed up to start experimenting with new actors that are coming in, hopefully those relationships that he builds as a director with the, the actor will sort of, change the way that the film becomes do you see what i mean mm-hmm. yeah or just bring back ewan mcgregor he was great in big fish like i said <laughs> earlier just, just hire back ewan mcgregor yeah indeed well that's gonna do it for the johnny depp, johnny oh, depp. The, tim, the tim burton topic let's, let's let's wrap this all up shall we Okay, so the questions. Do you have any questions for us? You can always just leave them down in the stories when we post for questions for the Mac Movie Reviews podcast or leave them down in the comments below titled questions. We've only gotten two questions um, for us and Jules, the special guest of the day slash night, wherever we all reside. And the first question would be, um, what movie or TV series got you into the world of entertainment that you are currently doing now um it's such a difficult question um i would i mean the one that definitely springs to mind is blue planet what um, is that I d- yeah guys haven't seen it oh my goodness it's it's, <laughs> it's it's really like nothing that you'd probably think i would have said um but it's out saving grace the man the hero that is david attenborough um, okay 
and he's basically i think blue planet is actually on netflix i don't know if it's just the uk one though but um basically it's like a wildlife documentary program but it's like literally so fascinating and the cinematography in it is like top level amazing tv cinematography i think it was like probably one of the ones that came out probably before a lot of like the high-end drama stuff uh just like the way that it it the cinematography is just amazing you'll have to just like take my word for it and like go and see it but yeah it's just it's one of those things that i just that was just so amazing to go you can capture literally like anything um and i do really love high-end drama but also reality television you can't go wrong with reality television guilty pleasure but um i always find the question hard about what tv series or what film got you to want to be in this sort of industry because i feel like it's always ongoing like i i find new tv series like um we had um his dark materials um over here which is basically like it's the golden circle did you see that film? The Golden Compass, sorry. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the <laughs> film was so terrible. The film was crap, but the TV series is literally phenomenal. Like, it's got a bit of CGI and a bit of sci-fi, but it's also high-end drama, and the acting is incredible. And, yeah, it's just, it's, it's fabulous. But, it, like, shows like that go, this is why I'm still pursuing this industry if that makes sense because i feel like there's always things that are coming out and always you know films or tv shows that excite you that remind you why you really love watching the stuff that you do so i find it always hard and also i have the memory of a goldfish the time to remember what got me into it when i was like seven i just i cannot remember because it probably would have been like a kid's show like like one of those like we had this thing over here called the tweenies did you ever have that? We no. like is that like a teen award show? No. Oh my god. Is if it? you just if you if you Google Tweenies. Tweenies? I thought it was like, you know, our version of the Teen Toy Swords. Tweenies no. is a British live action children's entertainment series created by Will Breton and Ian LeClan. if I pronounced that right. Have you have you seen the pictures? Oh yeah, they look like uh uh, um, call it? They remind me of, uh, Oh my god! They're terrifying, yeah. no offense, they, but... They actually are now. Yeah. The, whatchamacallit, it reminds me of, you know, the, uh, Don't Hug Me, I'm Scared? You know that yeah. YouTube video? Yeah, that's what it reminds me of. They look like Doodle Bobs. Doodle Bobs! <laughs> yes! The Doodle Bobs! But, yeah, I mean, that was a great show um back in the day um but yeah like looking at them now like um if you have seen beetlejuice like there's a bit where they pull their faces apart and uh it looks like that (laughs) but yeah i mean yeah great great show and if anyone is listening to this who is from britain and you've watched it then you are in 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 the tweeny gang Tweeny gang. Tweeny gang. <laughs> but yeah, that that would be sort of my answers. Classic. What about you, Christian? What got you into the entertainment industry? Oh, so many, so so many influences. Uh, 
kind of like directors mostly, like Steven Spielberg, uh, which we'll call it, uh, Gary Marshall, Wes Craven, you know, mm. a lot of old school stuff. Like my grandpa, my grandpa, my poppy used to show me like a lot of like the romantic comedies of yeah. Gary Marshall, like uh, Pretty Woman. Uh, I grew up on Princess Diaries a lot. Like anything like Gary Marshall, I kind of like geared towards a little bit. So I'm kind of biased when it comes to like nowadays with romantic comedies because I feel like you know Gary Marshall's like was the man, even though his last you know his last few years of films they've gone downhill. Mm-hmm. But may he rest in peace. Uh, but other than that, uh, lots of stuff has influenced my life besides like Disney and like the films like Lilo and Stitch and you know uh, yeah that plays a big place in my heart and uh, yeah. It's, uh- Go ahead. No, I was done. Oh, okay. Oh, there's only one film for me that got me into this, and that's The Incredibles. It'll always be near and dear to my rear. Really? Yes. <laughs> I love Brad Incredibles. Bird's your man. Yes, he is like, he. if it wasn't for Brad Bird, there would not be a Mac movie reviews. Aw. Aw. So. Uh, Incredibles is an incredible film. Yes, yeah, it is. I wasn't what crazy about What did you think of the special? sequel? outside. What is that? It is lightning. Thunder. Um, the sequel was um, it was okay. You know, it wasn't like bad. It was good. Cause I remember people were like, "Oh, I hate the sequel. This sequel is a travesty." To the first incredible, like, okay, chill out there. It's not bad. You were just. Your your rose tinted glasses were on, and you were expecting the like second coming of like Jesus or something. And like I knew it wasn't gonna live up to the first one, but like come on, it was like 15, 14 years after we were waiting for the sequel. Yeah. And like it was kind of like it, it was just nice to finally get it, honestly. Yeah, it did take an awful long time. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, I prefer that sequel. Like I didn't like i wasn't i didn't love the uh toy story 4 you know film i haven't seen it yet you didn't see toy story 4 yet i thought no. that was the most unnecessary sequel i didn't care i thought it ended perfectly with toy story 3 yeah it should have just been left at toy story 3 did you see that jules toy story 4 is that the one with the spork yes no Forky. <laughs> Forky's the most memorable part about that film but most unnecessary sequel we needed yeah. I think I I turned over the um that that should be a podcast the the least necessary sequels, um I I I think I was turning over like the TV remote or whatever like the channels and it came up with Toy Story and I was like oh and I was like oh and then I watched it and I'll be honest the fork really annoyed me because it was like one of those that child that will just do what they want and run around the room and you're like just sit down for a, for a minute <laughs> yeah I just can't, I can't stand it um so I just I was like I'm not, I can't stand this fork so and it, when it when it just jumps out the car or something and I was like really really Leave it there. yeah that's what they needed to do for Woody to go out on his own adventure just leave the uh, spork there. Let it get run over. <laughs> that is just a dark metal Toy Story. That'd be awesome. But yeah, Toy Story Three is the true ending for me. I don't count Toy Story. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people were crying in the cinema because it was like one of those like end end of an era thing. I and know. then I was quite surprised that they came out with another one because I was like, the whole reason was to finish 
the, and I think maybe just because they got greedy and they saw that it it just yeah. did really well that they were like, oh, we can make more money out of it. Yeah, yes. exactly. That's what it, the reason behind it was for. That's how I see it. Like my friend liked it a lot, and I was like, okay, Duke and Boom was my favorite part about that film. But other than that, uh, it's just so unnecessary. Like t- Woody did not need to know what happens to you know Bo Peep or you know go on this adventure at a carnival. It was so unnecessary. Yeah. It was. Uh, I felt disappointed. Tell me about it. And it was boring at times. <laughs> I remember like my eyes feeling like I wanted to fall asleep. I'd rather watch Cars 3. <laughs> Cars 3, oh no. Hey, don't mock Cars, okay? I like Cars. <laughs> I, I like, like cars the first too. Cars. I don't understand why. I prefer Cars over like Ratatouille. I'm not even kidding. Yeah, me too. Okay. Really? Let's not, let's not go that far. What? I cannot stand Ratatouille. Uh, wow. Mm. Oh, wait, wait, we've talked about this before. Never mind. <laughs> uh, yeah, I know. <laughs> I forgot. It's okay. I, I can understand that. But I just like ratatouille because I like to eat. And ratatouille makes me hungry. Same with Claudia with Chance of Meatballs. Oh, that's a great movie. But the other question I have is, uh, who is your favorite Joker? He I mean, there is only one. Yeah, in, he if, in my opinion, yeah. I think... I mean... People have attempted. I mean, obviously, like, Jack Nicholson did do a good portrayal. There's no disputing that. But for me, Heath Ledger is just, you know, mm-hmm. he's the one. Yeah. And I haven't seen the newest Joker. Oh, dang. That, that, no, the Phoenix. Oh, that's so... Well, it's not fair to compare them because every one of them is different in their own unique in way. In very different adaptations. Yeah. Very yeah. much so, so... I can't even rank them because I'm just like, because I the Joker is such a complex character, and there's so many ways actors can take it into their own unique ways, like how you know Joaquin did it and what Heath Ledger did it and what you know Jack Nicholson did it. Like they're all very very good and like you know, ah, oh, it's so hard to rank them and say who is the better one. Yeah. But yeah, good questions. Yeah, thanks for sending those in. You know, Heath Ledger's the best. That's all I'll say on my piece. But, yeah, this has been – uh, that's all the time we have for today because it is, like – what's it like? Is it 1 a.m. where you are, Jules? Uh, yeah, it's cool past 1. Yeah, so we're going to just wrap this all up. I'm <laughs> she's, Jules is tired. I'm a little tired and scared that this lightning and thunders maybe might take out my power. Uh, Christian is probably calm in your neck of the woods, so – uh, this has been another edition of the Macaulay Reviews podcast. I'm going to say thank you to everyone who's listening. I want to give a big thanks to Jules, who we yeah, were finally Jules. able to give get on after we were like so many like delays and everything. <laughs> but just thank you because I know you really wanted to do this episode. But I was so you. so excited. So thanks thanks so much for having me. No yes, problem. Yes, please come back. Yeah, you're always welcome back. Your uh, your presence and you had great conversations. I had fun. Mac had fun. So yeah. please bring and more fun. Do you have anything? Uh, do you have any upcoming projects or anything that you're working on that you want to tell the viewers or listeners that they might want to be interested in? I feel like I should. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, to be honest, I've literally just finished this um, like training thing that I've been doing, um, which is like basically um, trying to help you get in a, a job in TV because. Um, 
I graduated this year. I think I said that at the beginning. Of that. Um, yep. I know. Um, so yeah, I think it's just about getting a job. Um, so I'm focusing on that. But any sort of information and filmmaking tips, skills, how to get into the industry, I am sharing on my Instagram feed. Um, and I've also got some reviews um, coming up on my YouTube channel. So I've got like The Old Guard, I've got Warrior Nun, I've got um, Good Girls, Umbrella Academy 2. So there's lots and lots and lots of um, good stuff coming your way. Uh, and the links will be in the description where to find Jules once again. Thank you. For and don't coming. forget to subscribe to her YouTube channel. Yeah, her YouTube channel is great. I liked her Hannah review. That's where I first commented on oh, her guys. video. Oh, guys. you But, yeah, tune in next episode. We're going to have another uh, guest. We're going to have Robert Makes the Cut in his 4K collection. He's going to yeah, be Yeah, we're going to be here. talking about Blu-rays. Yes. And we're going to be reviewing The Crow, the 1984 uh, Brandon Lee film. Rest in peace, you beautiful man. Wait, what? Yeah, and then we have a special commentary. We're working on another commentary on Battle of Los Angeles with Aaron Eckhart and Michelle Rodriguez. So be on the lookout. It'll be a special episode. But uh, until then, I've been... Oh, Matt wait, from Mac- should, should I say what's, what I got coming up, or do you want to just... Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You go ahead. You go ahead. Okay. <laughs> on my end, I don't know what I got coming up. I took a minute break because <laughs> of life, and... Uh, be out the lookout. You know, there should be a review for Magic Camp starring Adam Devine on my Instagram. So go check that out. And eventually film, uh, reviews for Work It and the most recent uh, Joey Keery film, Spree. So thanks for another fun week, Mac. What do you no got coming up? I might be reviewing Cuties. Oh, no. Yeah. Why? I'm not. Because I want to see, like, what is going on. Like, what is this, like, I know the big hoopla, but I was like, if it really, well, I need to just see, like, what is this film about? Because there's no way that that film is about, like, 11-year-old girls twerking. There's a huge difference with the poster, but that's for another time talk. Yeah. (laughs) But uh, after that, I'm probably going to review some more Hood movies. Movies for me. Probably going to do a review of, uh... Poetic Justice, Higher Learning. Ooh, Poetic uh, Justice. Get Richard Die trying. Any other stuff. And then, you know, working on the podcast. What about Freedom Writers? That's a good one. And that's in the wings, but that's oh. but yeah, probably just gonna be editing this podcast because I have a lot to edit. So oh. but uh until next time, I want to thank Jules again for coming on. You're always welcome to come back. Thank and, you. And uh Yeah, I've been Mac. This has been Christian. This has been Jules. And we will see you next time. Bye. Bye.